The choices you make and specifically the way you choose to see God matters. How you choose to interpret the circumstances of your life matters because what you choose to believe about Him is who you'll show others that He is. Will you choose to see Him through the eyes of fear and doubt or through the understanding of a God who not only loves us, but is love? Join me today as we learn to see Him rightly, as we learn to choose love. Hello, and welcome back to Choose Love. I am your host today. <laughs> I never know how to start, you know, like you don't know who's watching exactly and you don't know what setting you guys are in. So it's just, I don't know, it's a little awkward, especially when this is not something you do like professionally. Um, I always just want this time to be something that's real and that I'm I'm sharing out of the overflow of what I am getting personally from the Lord. And I have to admit, this time I was just really um, just drawing a blank. Like, what in the world am I going to share about this time? And so um, got some feedback from a couple of people, and I appreciate their feedback. And so today um, I've landed on a topic that I think is important for literally all of us, every single one of us. And it's this, um, it's more of a statement, it's a truth that God is speaking to you. God is speaking to you. God is speaking to you. And so I wanna dig into that a little bit today and then of course pray over you guys. So let's just start with prayer and invite the Holy Spirit to um, tune our ears to hear how he is speaking to each one of us. And we'll get into some scripture as usual. Um, so here we go. Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for um, your choice to love us. Thank you for choosing each one of us and for looking at us um, with eyes of love, with a countenance that is nothing but for us. Thank you that you lean towards us. You don't lean away from us. You are constantly pursuing. You're in the position of, I want you. And we allow that truth to do what it should do in our hearts right now. To bring uh, that hunger and that awakening that it's meant to bring. And we choose to believe before we even get into this today, we choose to believe that you are speaking and you're speaking to every single one of us. And so we give you permission to, to teach us how to recognize your voice in all the ways that you're speaking to each one of us. We give you permission to open our spiritual ears to know and believe that you indeed are speaking. And we say, um, even as an act of our will and an act of worship, we choose to believe that you are speaking to us and that we can hear your voice. Thank you for that. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. All right. Well, here we go. I think that the first thing we need to make sure that 
our hearts are in alignment with is the truth that God still speaks. It's all through the scripture. So if you're wondering, which I would assume most people that are that are watching this, you're you're pretty convinced that in the times of scripture that we read about God's voice and God speaking, that that's accurate, that that really happened. And um, it happened in so many different kinds of ways, all the way going back to how everything was created with the voice of God, with God speaking into nothing. And then in time, everything that is has only come from him and his voice. Um, we know through many of the stories in the Old Testament that God would would speak to people. He he met with people, uh, at least Moses, face to face. He um, spoke to Samuel when Samuel was a, a young boy um, and woke him up in the night. He would speak through his angels that he would send on his behalf, the angel of the Lord, it says. Um, we know that fast forwarding, into many of the prophets in the Old Testament, all the way up to right before things went silent for 400 years before Jesus was, was born. Um, he was speaking through Old Testament prophets. His voice was, was accessible, but in a different way than it was after Jesus came and sent the Holy Spirit. Um, and so then in the New Testament, we know that clearly Jesus literally is the word of God. Um, it's part of that mystery of, I think we'll understand better when we're in heaven one day. Um, but we know that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was Jesus. And so God sent Jesus again as his word to the earth and, and his word took on flesh. His word took on a life of action and, and decisions that showcased the heart of our Father. So in absolutely every way that God, the creator of all things, God, the Father of all of us, if we choose him back through Jesus, that God, the Father, still communicates. He is a communicative being. He has always communicated. He's and and what does that say about someone? When when you talk about somebody like they're they are somebody who communicates often and communicates well and all the different ways that someone can communicate. What does that say about that person? It says that person is a people person. That person wants to connect. Why do you communicate? You communicate because you are looking for connection. And that's the heart of our God. He has always only been looking for connection with, with his creation and with his, his children. Um, and, you know, we know that Jesus said, um, he said a lot in his own lifetime. So God communicated, the Father communicated through Jesus because Jesus said he would only do and say what he heard and saw the Father doing and saying. We know that um, Jesus was a very communicative person. Um, I just love, again, the Chosen series where if you have not watched it, I'm just going to bug you till you watch it. The, the Chosen series just gives us that insight into there was so much that was said. It couldn't possibly be 
you know, completely covered in, in scripture. We only have a little bit, a small percentage of what he actually spoke. But um, the chosen really just draws out even more that's, you know, very likely the kind of conversations that he would have with the people around him. We know that he was called a friend of sinners. He, it, was, it was said by the, the religious people as a slam on him. But what does that say about us? It mean about him it, and about us. It, it meant that at, at any cost, he wanted connection with anyone who was willing to connect with him, even if they didn't know him as the son of God. He wanted conversation. He wanted connection. And um, then, of course, when he died and came back, he said, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. I'm going to go to heaven and I will be seated at the right hand of, of God, the Father, and I'm going to send to you the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will speak to you of things to come. The Holy Spirit will um, lead you into truth. Well, how do you know truth? Truth is given through all the different ways that you can be communicated with. Um, so God is a God who is communicating. He is still speaking. That Holy Spirit, Jesus didn't say, I'm going to send him for a little while and only for the disciples or the apostles. No, he said, I am sending the Holy Spirit to earth and you need him. And, you know, he's never withdrawn the Holy Spirit from the earth. So we know that God is still speaking. He is communicating. It's all sourced out of a desire that he has to connect with us. Um, it was never meant to be one-sided. That's why I, you know, we say that God is speaking to you, but probably an even more accurate way to say that is God is still communicating with you because communication involves both speaking and someone receiving it, someone hearing it. And it implies communication back which then becomes a conversation. And conversation invites connection. So it's all a part of who he is. One more proof that God is a God who communicates, that God speaks to you, is that you were made in God's image. And the fact that you have a, a capacity and a need for communication, you have a need to hear and be heard. You're made in God's image and that's what he is like. So that's yet some more proof. Um, Psalm 95 from the Passion Translation. I want to read a verse here that just jumped out at me. This is um, excuse me, I should have had this open already. Here we go. Psalm 95. Come on, everyone, let's sing for joy to the Lord. Let's shout our loudest praises to our God who saved us. Everyone, come meet his face with a thankful heart. Don't hold back your praises. Make him great by your shouts of joy, for the Lord is the greatest of all, King God over all other gods. In one hand, he holds the mysteries of the earth. And in the other, he holds the highest mountain peaks. He's the owner of every ocean, the engineer and sculptor of earth itself. Come and kneel before this creator God. 
come and bow before the mighty God, our majestic maker. For we are those he cares for, and he is the God we worship. So drop everything else and listen to his voice. For this is what he's saying. And then it goes on to say, today, and this is in quotes, so this is God speaking. Um, David recorded his perception of what God was saying in that moment. Today, when I speak, don't even think about turning a deaf ear to me, like they did when they tested me at Mirabah and Massa, the place where they argued with me, their creator. Your ancestors challenged me over and over with their complaining. Even though I had convinced them of my power and love, they still doubted my care for them. So for 40 long years, I was grieved and disgusted. I described them as wicked wanderers whose hearts would not follow my ways or keep my words. So I made a vow in my anger and declared they will not enter the resting place I've planned for them. So don't you ever be hard-hearted or stubborn like they were. So he connects a hard-heartedness and a stubbornness to what I would say is a lack of relationship and relationship specifically around this idea of turning a deaf ear when God is speaking. It's a serious thing. You know, it's serious on both ends of it. Imagine if God actually speaks to every one of us, and I believe he does, and we get to the end of our lives and we we didn't make the effort to learn how to recognize his voice and actually communicate with him, both hearing and receiving, both speaking and listening. Imagine, I mean, the tragedy of that, having had a lifetime of missed opportunities of all the things that God was speaking to you. The other end of that is imagine, you know, a, a lifetime of knowing that he is capable of speaking to you, but, but a hardness of heart, a doubt, all the things that can get in the way of us being able to perceive his voice in our lives um, and never overcoming those things so that we could properly perceive his voice in our lives. Every single person who is at all open to God, and especially those of us who say that we follow Jesus, we should be able to confidently say, no matter what's going on in our lives, no matter how difficult things are, I hear God's voice. Jesus didn't go through what he went through for us to, to not be able to have an intimate relationship with God. And intimacy requires communication, both being able to hear from someone and respond and speak to someone and they respond. This is, this is like a foundation 101 to our personal relationship with Jesus. So if you feel like you don't hear God's voice, or you feel like I do, but I'm not really sure, or maybe I do, but I don't as often as I would like to, or I know that maybe I should, 
this um, short time together is for you. All right, so just a couple of things I wanted to point out about Psalm 95. This one line in verse, uh, I think that's verse eight. So drop everything else and listen to his voice. Drop everything else. And basically in that phrase, we're understanding there's nothing more important than the voice of God in our lives. There is nothing more important in your life than you learning, first of all, that he is speaking to you. And second of all, that you can hear his voice and communicate back with him. You can steward over a healthy relationship. There are no healthy relationships. Let's see. You cannot have a healthy relationship if you are not having a relationship where communication is flowing both ways. All right. Um, and then the other part I wanted to point out here is he says, now I remember, this is God speaking. I remember when I, my people did turn a deaf ear to me, you know, like la, 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 can't hear you. <laughs> um, and, and he says it happened when they tested me at Mirabal and Massa. Whenever you read the name of a place or someone in scripture, names in the Hebrew culture always have meaning and usually profound meaning. And so it's, it's a great way to get insight and recognize God's voice by digging deeper whenever you see um, a, a name of a place or name of a person. So here our translator, the bottom of the page, defines those for us. Mirabah means... Strife or argument and massa means testing. So they tested God at their where they were in their arguing with God and in their testing. So they were being tested, which caused them to doubt and turn a deaf ear to God. They were arguing with God, which caused them to not be able to perceive God's voice and then obey his voice. Um so he says today, this is in another um, version. So that was the Passion Translation. In another version, it says today, if you'll hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Again, it's that connection between a hardened heart and hearing his voice. Well, what are, how, how do we know if our heart is hardened? You know, most people are not trying to purposefully, intentionally harden their heart. So it's something that could happen without us even realizing that it's happened. Maybe eventually we feel that disconnection from God, but, um, but it's stemming from a hardened heart. Well, I think of a hardened heart as basically when we're not tender. We're, not, we're missing that tenderness in our relationship with God or that sense of, um, how would you describe it? Like in, in a natural relationship, I know when my heart is more hard towards my husband. Like it's there's some resentment that's come in. Maybe it's not resentment. Maybe it's just lack of time together. And we're like, you know, just doing life next to each other, but not really connecting, not really hearing each other, listening and paying attention to the needs of the other person. You just kind of going through the motions that may not sound like a hard heart, but it's certainly not a soft and tender heart. Um, versus when your heart is tender and soft towards someone, 
you're thinking of them and you're thinking of how the choices that you make, what you do or don't do can affect that person. So you have them in mind. Um, and then when you do communicate, you're thinking about how your communication or lack of it could be affecting that person. And so, um, you know, with, with our relationship with God, oftentimes we project who he is to us based on how we're interacting with our circumstances, things going on in our lives. We attribute that to God. We also um, will kind of project uh, maybe leaders that we think should be, you know, better towards us. If it's in a spiritual setting, for sure, we we're often think of, you know, if a pastor or someone that we respect spiritually um, is unhealthy or abusive or whatever, it definitely affects our perspective of God and therefore our, our softness towards him. Um, a hardening of our heart can also come from just, um, not just only lack of, of investment in the relationship, but maybe just a disappointment, you know, like where you just get stuck in this cycle of feeling disconnected from him. So therefore you believe you're actually disconnected from him, which is a lie. We're never disconnected from God. He is always available to us. We disconnect ourselves and um, usually not intentionally. So anyway, these are ways that, that our, hard, our hearts can get hardened towards God. It doesn't have to always look like I hate God or I don't believe in God. Sometimes it's more subtle than that. Um, so what I want to jump into are, uh, first of all, what can keep us from hearing God's voice? And I'm going to run through a bunch of things that I just listed. I'm sure there's more things, but, um, and then the next thing that I want to talk about is, um, ways that God speaks to you, ways that God can speak to you, ways to recognize his voice and how he speaks specifically to you. So, um, first of all, what can keep us from hearing? No particular order here, but one thing is a lack of faith. We tend to overthink things. And I've mentioned this before, but you know, the voice of God, similarly to the voice of the enemy and lies. So I'll say it this way. The voice of lies and the voice of truth often sound a, an awful lot like your own thoughts and how you would phrase things. Because everything that we um, do in our relationship with God, it's, it's, it's so, he's in us, and we are made in his image, and the humility of God that allows himself to come to our level, I mean, it's really, really blows my mind when I think about it. Like the God of all things, the God of the universe, who knows all, has all power, like has lowered himself, not just in sending his son Jesus among us, but actually being willing to dwell in us. So of course, when he speaks to you, it's going to sound an awful lot like you. And no matter, we'll get into some of the ways that he can speak to you, but certainly when it's in your own thoughts and it's not something external, then it's going to sound like you. Um, and that requires faith from us. It requires us to not like doubt and overthink and get in our head about it, but to actually embrace 
the reality that God is always speaking to you and you were created to hear and know his voice in your life. Um, so lack of faith is something that can get in the way. Um, I want to read one scripture related to that. Philippians 4.4. 4. Uh, see if I can find it. I think I have it marked here. Philippians 4.4. 4. Be cheerful with joyous celebration in every season of life. Let your joy overflow and let gentleness be seen in every relationship. For our Lord is ever near. Now here Paul is talking to us about relationships with each other, with other people. But of course it also would ring true um, and should ring true in our relationship with God. What we were just saying about that softness of heart towards God. Let gentleness be seen in your relationship with him. Don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. Be saturated in prayer. What is prayer? Prayer is us speaking to God, us communing with God, us thanking God, us worshiping God, us including him in our thoughts and what we're doing and including him in how we process everything. Offering your faith-filled requests before God with overflowing gratitude. So we read in, um, in Psalm 95 also about just being thankful, um, but it's faith-filled requests. So obviously when you speak to God, you have to have faith to believe that he's hearing you. So why wouldn't it also require faith to believe that he's speaking to you? So if you have no problem believing that he hears you and he's aware of you and he knows your heart, then just translate that same faith into believing that he is also sharing his heart with you, speaking back to you. Tell him every detail of your life. Then God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding will guard your heart and your mind through Jesus Christ. Keep your thoughts continually fixed on all that is authentic and real, honorable, and admirable, beautiful, and respectful, pure, and holy, merciful, and kind. And fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God, praising Him always. I mean, there's so much in that verse, but the, the thing I wanted to highlight is it's faith-filled requests. So when you ask Him to speak to you about something the same way that you would offer a request, you know, God, I'm asking if you would intervene in this situation in my life. It's, it requires faith for you to believe it. It requires faith for you to also believe that he's speaking back to you, that he can answer you and he wants to answer you. He wants you to know his voice, but it requires faith. So what can keep us from hearing a lack of faith and overthinking it? Um, once you get in that habit of believing, he is speaking to me. That was his voice. Was it 100% his voice or was it 90% his voice and 10% my own thoughts? You know, I don't know. The, the way I say it is like this. When you're in a relationship with somebody that you really love and you're intimate with, 
it doesn't matter. Once you're kissing, who initiated the kiss? All right, so God is powerful enough. Even if you went off the rails and started thinking that something is him speaking to you when it's not, he loves you enough, he loves me enough that he's gonna get involved in that conversation. He will make sure that um, that what you're, I'll use an example when we get to it in a minute of, of um, ways that he speaks to us. Okay, another way that we can keep, um, that can keep us from hearing him is when we judge others when we judge others. Now, not just in general, I judge other people, but specifically when you hear someone else say, you know, God told me so-and-so, or I think God said this, or God showed me to do this, or God showed me to say that. Um, I don't know about you, but I get skeptical. I so want things to be true and right that I'm constantly filtering. Well, what if God really didn't tell them that? And that doesn't sound like God to me, and that's not how God would speak to me. Well, I'm not telling you to turn your discernment off, like especially if somebody's trying to represent to you something that would affect you, like God told me to tell you, blah, blah, blah. Yes, you need to judge it. We're supposed to judge words that are for us. Um, but if someone's just sharing, you know, maybe they're preaching, about a sermon or something, or maybe they're sharing something related to their own life that God spoke to them about. If, as long as it doesn't contradict scripture, we should just receive it at face value. It's really not our business at that point to know if they're, if they heard perfectly accurately from God or not. Again, unless it's contradicting scripture, which would be leading someone or them astray, uh, leading them away from truth. And so the problem is when we are constantly critiquing someone else's, um, you know, communication with God, we turn around and are in such a habit of doing it, we then do over critique our own hearing of God. And especially, this is another way um, that, that we can be, that we can keep from hearing his, his voice in our lives. Um, I worded it here. What can keep us from hearing his voice? Things that keep us from hearing his voice. Another one is when we've heard someone or ourselves say that God spoke blah, blah, blah to us. And then all of a sudden, you know, at some point we realize not only was that not God, it was like not God. You know, like someone will say, well, God told me to marry so-and-so. And then clearly Maybe it took years to, you know, show that it wasn't God, you know, or maybe you knew right away that that is not God putting them together. And so maybe even in your own life, you thought you heard God's voice about something and then you look back and it like it, it left things a mess and it sure didn't look like it after the fact that it was actually God. And so then you get into this place of, oh, no, like I no one can hear God's voice correctly because you feel like the the way it played out and how wrong it was makes you um, gun shy, so to speak. Another way is um, that we keep from hearing is jealousy. 
So we get jealous of the ways that other people hear from God. I certainly get jealous when somebody says God spoke audibly to them. I'm like, man, what would that be like to get to hear the audible voice of God? Um, But if we really truly stay jealous of how someone else hears, then we undermine the beauty of how God speaks to us. And we despise what, what he's offering of himself to us. So jealousy is not a good thing. Disappointment. I mean, just, you know, when you're disappointed with someone, you have a hard time listening to them. You have a hard time wanting to hear anything that they say because you feel so let down. So that's something that we have to look at and say, God, do I have an area of disappointment in my heart that is undealt with that you want to heal so that I can recognize when you're when you're speaking to me? Um, another way that keeps us from hearing God's voice is we have not initiated a sincere conversation. He will always talk back to us. You know, what kind of father would ignore their child if they initiate a conversation? Like God is not that kind of father. God always, he always wants to talk with you. He always wants to speak. And especially um, sometimes he's waiting on us to desire a conversation with him where we initiate it and we do it from a place of sincere authenticity. Like God I really want to talk to you and I don't want to just dump out my heart on you. I want to hear your heart back. And he knows when we're being sincere or not. And that sincerity, he will always respond to. Another thing that keeps us from hearing the voice of God is when we fill our time and our head with other constant distractions. Um, Another way is when we don't have a real hunger for him rather than for the answers that we want from him. So, you know, if we're constantly asking him, well, what do I do about this? Or when are you bringing me that? Or when are you going to provide for that? Or am I doing the right thing? Um, Eventually, we get stuck in this rut of just drawing on the answers that we want him to give us rather than drawing on him and hungering for for him. And what, what do you want to talk about, God? I don't, I don't want to just get answers from you. I don't want to just be needy in that way with you. I want to need you, not just what you can do for me and what you can give me. I want to hunger for you. He will always respond to that. And when we don't have that, it makes it awfully hard to recognize when he's speaking to us because all we're listening for is what we want to hear. We're not listening for maybe there's 50 other things that he's speaking to us about and he wants us to have a conversation about, but we're not hungry for it because we're not hungry for him. Another thing that can keep us from hearing is asking a question that he has already answered. You know, you don't get the answer that you want. And so you just keep asking the same question over and over and over again. He's like, I'm waiting on you to hear what I've already spoken to your heart so that we can move on to the next thing that we need to talk about. Um, and lastly, the thing that I, that I, there, there may be more, but what I've written here that can keep us from hearing is asking about something that he isn't interested in answering. You know, believe that he heard you the first time you asked him. That doesn't mean you can't ask him again because he's not like, He's not counting. He's not like mad or annoyed or irritated when we persist in something. 
And the Holy Spirit can lead you to be persistent in something and to seek God over and over and over again for the same thing. But if that's the only thing that you're seeking him for, maybe broaden your conversation with him. Maybe ask him about something else and he might end up circling back around and coming back to the previous thing that you've been coming to him with over and over and over again. Um, all right, so ways that God speaks to us. Um, I love the story of Moses and the burning bush in Exodus chapter three in um, the King James, New King James Version. Um, it says, now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, the priest, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock back to the desert. And he came to Horeb, the mountain of God, and the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. So when the Lord saw that Moses turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And Moses answered him, here I am. Can you imagine what do you say to God? Then he said, do not draw near this place. Take your sandals off your feet for the place where you stand is holy ground. There's a whole lot more to this story, but the point with that is, is that, you know, Moses took the opportunity when he saw something that was out of the ordinary, something that was not normal for his routine. How many times is God speaking to you out of something that's not quite normal about your routine and we don't turn aside? But here, Moses is a great example of what it means to listen to the voice of God and, and have the opportunity to actually hear the audible voice of God because he did turn aside. And of course, he obeyed the voice of God when God said his first instruction was, stop right there and take your shoes off. This is seriously holy right now. And, um, and then they had an entire conversation out of that. And then you see what grows from that, that being the beginning of their relationship, what grows from that is an incredible intimacy that was had never happened to anyone in his generation. He had never heard of someone being close to God like that. And, and he ends up getting to actually go up the mountain of God and see God face to face and he has, you know, God proclaim his name before him. There's so much that Moses got to experience because of this first initial time of turning aside, recognizing this was a holy moment. What does it mean to take off your shoes, right? What does that represent? Taking off your shoes to me, because I, when I used to lead worship, I would, because of the story, I would take off my shoes whenever I led worship on the stage, wherever I was took off my shoes and set them there because what this meant to me and what I want to challenge you with is, is it's this picture of what do our shoes represent? Our shoes represent, I'm on the go. I'm moving. I'm going somewhere. So when you take your shoes off, you're stopping time and you're, you're, you're being fully present right where you are. And also what do our shoes carry? Our shoes carry 
where we've just been. We carry the dirt, the dust, the experiences of where we've just come from. And when you, when you become still in the presence of God and you decide, I want to, I want to take time to hear his voice right now. That's what we do. We have to remove for just a moment, like let go of whatever brought you to this moment of desperation where you want to hear God's voice. Let go of it and, and stop time and be fully present and believe that he's worth slowing down for. And when you do, you're going to stand on holy ground and holy ground is wherever he is. Holy ground is wherever his voice is um, permeating into our hearts and into our lives in that moment. And he wants an ongoing constant dialogue with us, but he also wants those moments where we pull aside and, and we listen and we, we journal what he's saying and, and we, we steward over the things that he's speaking to our hearts and to our lives. So what are the ways that God speaks? How is God speaking to you? That's the most important question that you could be asking right now. So, um, one of the ways, obviously, is through scripture. Scripture is super important because scripture is our foundation. That way we know um, we can safeguard against the things that end up being an issue in our lives in the future where we got off track because we thought something was God when it wasn't. But eventually you have to come to a place in your own heart where you decide, even if I risk thinking that it's God when it's not. I don't trust in my ability to hear perfectly. I trust in my perfect God who has the ability to get me back on track if I get off track because I think I heard his voice when I actually didn't. I would rather err on the side of, of thinking that God is speaking to me when he's not so that he can then correct me. They say it's much easier to correct a moving car something that's moving forward than it is to correct something that's standing still. And it's the truth in our relationship and our communication both ways with God as well. Um, so he can speak through scripture. He can speak through other people. When you are truly hungry for God's voice, you will listen anywhere. You can, you can pick out when he might be speaking to you through someone who is a believer like you are. He might even speak to you through a perfect stranger who may or may not also know God. God in the New Testament spoke through a donkey, so we know he can speak through anyone. Um, you know, and don't discount the fact that maybe you've heard God's voice through imperfect leaders who ended up letting you down. That doesn't mean the things that God spoke to you through them in their life are not still God. Um, another way that God can speak to us is through our mind's eye. So like right now, if I say to you, pink elephant, all right, where, where did you just see a pink elephant? On the screen of your imagination, in your own brain, you were able to picture a pink elephant. On that same screen, oftentimes God will give you a picture or a, it could be a picture of a word, it could be a color, it could be a picture of something, it could be a scene, it could be an entire, you know, almost like a, a scene where like a movie playing out. It could be a scenario. And all of those are ways that he speaks to us. And again, it's doesn't, you know, sometimes 
maybe you kind of started with the original thought. It's like the kiss, you know, who cares? Once you're kissing, who initiated the kiss? Maybe you, you ask God a question and something pops into your mind, a picture of something. Well, God can make that picture be relevant to what he's wanting to say. What, what's important is that you follow up what you, you see and what you think you're seeing in your mind's eye with the right questions. So ask questions. Okay, God, what are you, what do you mean by showing me that? What could that mean? And sometimes he'll answer you then, sometimes he'll answer you later where that same thing that you've got in picture in your mind's eye will show up somewhere else. And you're like, he just showed me that. Okay, we're on a treasure hunt now. And he loves a treasure hunt with us. Proverbs 25, 2, the glory of God is to conceal a matter, to hide it, to make it hidden so that you have to search. It's a mystery. But the glory of kings or royalty is to search out that matter. And um, the other scripture, I don't know where this is, but how treasure is hidden in a field. It was a parable that Jesus gave in the New Testament, but um, it, it's like a treasure hidden in the field. The kingdom of God is, and the kingdom of God certainly includes the ways that God speaks to us. And so think of it as, okay, there's a field over there and I'm getting closer and warmer and warmer to X marks the spot of something he's actually saying to me and enjoy the process. If it's numbers that he highlights to you, don't just be like, cool, God showed me a number over and over again. Ask him, what's the number mean, God? And what do you mean when, what are you trying to tell me when I see it? Um, so other ways we can hear from him is through a thought, a word, or an impression. There's sometimes the way that I mostly hear from God is um, through an impression. It's like, I just know. And I don't know how I know. I just know. It just, it just that thought really rings true. Hopefully not because in that moment I just want it to be true, but because I didn't initiate that thought. It felt like something that was impressed in me, like put into me from him. And, you know, the bottom line is, is you have to test those things and you, you start learning and growing in your accuracy from him. And I don't think everybody ever achieves 100% accuracy on, you know, all things God, but we certainly can improve and grow in our ability to recognize how and when he's speaking to us. Um, another way that you can um, experience the voice of God in your life is through a journal and prompts. So you can either buy them or you can write them yourself. I remember there was one time, um, I think it was for Christmas or something, my dad sat our whole family down, all the grandkids and everybody, and my dad, I think my mom was part of that too. But anyway, they, they put together a journal for us. And in the journal, um, they had us write. They said, okay, I'm going to give you three questions. And they read these three questions to us and we wrote them down. And then they said, okay, everybody go take one hour or whatever the amount of time was and just sit and be alone and ask God for the answer to these three questions. And they were something like, first of all, like, God, what do you think of me? Um, God, what do you, um, you know, what do you have for me next in life? It was something like that. And there's something that happens when you get something out and with a pen and a pencil, piece of paper, and you expect and wait for God to speak to you. 
And you just start just with the, the least little thing that you think you're hearing. And you'll be shocked when you're faithful to just believe that one tiny little thing is worth writing down. It will begin to flow after that. He has so much he wants to speak to you about. All kinds of subjects, starting with, of course, who he says that you are and who you are to him and his heart for you. And all the things that you care about, he cares about too. And he has something he wants to say to you about all the things that you care about. And lastly, um, talk to him and let him talk back. So that's a way that God speaks to us is you initiate, talk to him, and then listen. We get sometimes so busy pouring out our own hearts and our own frustrations to him that we forget it's a two-way conversation. And God is always happy to listen, but he's also always happy to respond. So um, I just would love to close up by praying for you. You know, here's a question. I was talking with someone today. Does sin stop God's voice in our lives? I'm not 100% sure what I believe about that, but, but where I sit right now, I don't believe that it does. I believe that sin complicates our ability to perceive his voice in our lives. But the God that I know is constantly pursuing us, even when we are stuck in sin, even when we're making choices that are not his best for us, even when we're going against the standards that he set up for us in his word, he, he has something to say to our hearts. And if you can let go of the shame that comes with the sin that you're in and actually believe that even where you are, he will speak to you. Whatever amount of anger, resentment, bitterness, you know, any, anything that's going on in your heart, he is able to speak over those lies if you're able to believe that he wants to. So, Father, I just pray for um, all of those who are watching, listening to this. And I ask that you would just awaken in them a new hunger for you and all the ways that you want to speak to them. God, I ask that you would increase their faith to believe that you are constantly speaking and that they are capable of hearing and recognizing the unique ways that you are speaking to them. God, I ask that you would ground them in, in scripture and in the truth of your word so that when they do perceive your voice, it echoes who they already know you to be and it, and it flows easily in that, that, that vein of truth. And God, I ask that you would protect them from the lies of the enemy that says that um, they can't hear your voice. And I, I just, I, I, I call your heart, your spirit, your mind, and your, your words to come out of agreement with that lie and to believe that God indeed does speak to you and that you indeed can hear his voice. In Jesus' name, amen. In fact, I would just encourage you right now, repeat after me, I was created to hear the voice of God and I need to hear the voice of God. And um, I just, just encourage you to, to ask him to, to take you further in this area of your relationship with him. 
All right, uh, do all the things, subscribe, like, whatever um, can get us uh, seen more, more people have access to these videos. Appreciate you taking the time to watch and um, listen. And um, we will see you next time on Choose Love.